When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1... Car, what else? Cars? Cars? We cars, cars, cars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash behind the glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> but also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. I'm very pleased to say we have some new patrons. Have we, how many? Uh, uh, I've lost count. Uh, what, that <laughs> many? Well, genuinely, I've lost count because, yes, that many. I mean, we're approaching 300 patrons now, which sounds like a relatively small number, but they are 300 very important people that we love, that we adore, that we are building relationships with. Yeah that support this podcast in a way that we never expected they could. Yeah. So absolutely. we're very grateful to them, including Chris Jackson, Tanner. Andrew Dean, Lewis Cook, James Kerrigan, Niroshan Neminanthan. I've been practicing that, Niroshan, so I hope I nailed it. Uh, Nikolai Kopolowski, Kopolowski, and Aaron Mastriogiacomo. I mean, unbelievable. I, mean, I, I did well there with those pronunciations. Very good. I mean, I can't do it, and that's why you got the that's, laptop. <laughs> that's why I did it. Yeah. But, but 300 patrons at three grand a month each. I mean, very <laughs> kind of you. <laughs> it's very kind of you. And that's why next week we're unveiling our LaFerrari. <laughs> But no, uh, if you don't know about Patreon, uh, it's, a, it's a way that you can support this podcast. No matter what your sort of potential pockets or wallet size yeah, might be, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got very generous donors. We have, well, actually everyone's generous. I don't know what I was going to say there. Whether you're donating £1, 50p, £500, doesn't really matter. You're all amazing. Absolutely, you? for sure. Yeah, anyone that's, that's giving us some money is very kind of you, honestly. And actually, reminder to remind the patrons listening, uh, stay on at the end of the episode. We're going to give you the dates, the proposed dates for our Behind the Glass Lives this year. So well, stay stay on till the well, end of the episode. You've sent them to me. Are they still saying? Yeah, 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 the ones you know about. Right, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to spring a surprise sometimes on you. you do do that. I know, oh, sometimes I do, yeah. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> so yeah, patrons stay tuned at the end of the episode. Uh, anyway, enough plugging our own Patreon page. Um, if you listen to last week's episode, uh, you'll know that we were hyping the fact that Max Chilton, ex-Formula One driver Max Chilton, was going to be joining us on the podcast for like an in-depth episode. He's not here. He's not here. <laughs> um, that's because when I came to the studio on Sunday night to record the F1 special with Paul Wallace, there was a massive power cut. I mean, there was just like no power anywhere and that took a while to fix and various other things meant that anyway, we've rescheduled with Max. So and it's will, not Monday today. It's not Monday, it's Wednesday. Oh, which is so, when we normally record, by the way, on a Monday. But everything's delayed. Everything's up. It's been, it's been chaos. Yeah. And as you might be able to hear from my voice, I've been overworking with a What's little bit of What's happened to you, mate? Well, I've had like a, ta- a touch of man flu. I've probably exaggerated how bad it is, but you know, that's what man well, flu is On Monday, about. the way you were talking to me, I thought I was going to have to call an ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty bad. And then, I, and then I was like, I'm fine. I can work. This is no problem. And I went to try and film like three videos in one day. And by the end of the day, I was like, that was a mistake. <laughs> so yeah, forgive the slightly gravelly voice, but for our three female listeners, maybe you'll enjoy a little is it dulcet, that many free, dulcet is it? tones. You know what? I think it's more than three. So shout out to our female audience because the other day we were talking about car guys and car girls, petrol heads. Mm, in I got, general. I got a lot of messages from the female behind the glass listeners saying- well, they, they obviously listen because of me and not you. Mate, have you seen this face? You're married. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, see? 
<laughs> Love you, Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, no Max Chilton, so he will be back, uh, or not be back, but he will be here in a few weeks' time for that scheduled in-depth episode. So we're very excited for that. And if you have questions, let us know. And you know the women that listen and watch? You can't include your mum and your sister and Vicky. No, but, okay, Vicky doesn't listen. My sister definitely doesn't listen. Good. I think my mum tunes in and out. And your auntie, well, your auntie, I bet she listens. No, because she owns an EV and she was so infuriated by your comments about <laughs> electric vehicles at my wedding that she's like, you know, <laughs> I'm signing out. So she don't listen I'm in. I'm even upsetting your family. Yeah, yeah, it's no, no, brilliant. No. <laughs> Mum's definitely number one viewer. Yeah, good. But of the main channel. I'm not sure about the podcast. Do you... It, do people in your family yeah. listen? Yeah, yeah, tune yeah. in. Pe- people listen. Yeah, but a lot of people close to me that I didn't even thought listened, and then they they then do listen. My uh, sister has no interest whatsoever. She's she's not no interest in cars, and she said to me, "Shall I listen to it?" I said, "Well, if you don't like cars, she's got no interest." Yeah, <laughs> I said, you do, "What's the point?" There's no point. If you don't like cars, definitely do not listen to this. That, podcast. That's exactly it, isn't it? Or politics? <laughs> yes, we seem to wade in on that every now and again, which we might do again today. Are we? Uh, well, who knows? Uh, because today is very much a car news episode. It's been a while. Not a lot has been happening, but in the last sort of 10 days or so, a lot of things have happened in the car world that we can discuss. New car reveals and launches. and They're not coming, but they've been revealed. They've been revealed, but no, but we had dynamic debut of uh, Valkyrie AMR Pro, GT4 RS, press drives have happened. New cars have been launched. I'm, I'm teasing too much, so we, we've got stuff to talk about. But I want to kick off the conversation with the very exciting fact that this week is going to see the end of my Ferrari 360 restoration. I'm collecting it on Friday. I thought you were saying this is going to see the end of my 360 Ferrari. I thought, what's happening? (laughs) That that day will never come to it. Well, I'm not going to say never. Of course it won't. You'll never be able to sell it. (laughs) (laughs) Screw you. That car is very desirable. Anyone with 35 grand will want to snap it up. (laughs) That much? Yeah. That was me undervaluing it. Um, but yeah, so the long process of kind of getting it ready for its big 20th birthday, which is this year. It's a two, I need to find out what month it was manufactured. That mustn't, that's not going to be a hard thing to do. But I need, to find, the V5. I need to find that out. Um, but yeah, this is its 20th year of being alive uh, or being on the road at least. And so I'm going to celebrate that by taking up some huge adventures, got some big things planned that I actually need to finalise today. Um, but yeah, picking it up on Friday, it's had a full respray, bare metal. Have you ever fully bare metal we sprayed a car i can't tell you you but surely like does cars come into stock that you think oh that needs a that needs a respray or yeah that. but we don't we we'd never we'd never bare metal them and if they were that bad you wouldn't take them in the first place no, yeah, okay no, no, fine no. fair we enough. did we did have um we did have a car come in once that was wrapped we okay. pulled the wrap off and most of the paint come off as well. <laughs> I mean, that, that wasn't that wasn't that ideal, happens quite a lot, by the way. It? Yeah, if the, rap, the the older the wrap is, the worse it becomes. So, um, have we painted whole whole cars before? Yes, probably, but not. It won't be like a proper restoration. I I underestimated the process that was going to be involved. So, mm. uh, kudos, Concord Restoration, amazing uh, paint shop. Uh, really, sort of held my hand through the process because it's quite shocking dropping off your beloved Ferrari and a few weeks later going down and seeing it being stripped. What was DK apart. Engineering doing to it then? So, DK Engineering did a lot of the mechanical sort of sympathetic restoration. We put a new floor on, re- uh, repaired a few of the parts and bits and bobs, mainly resprayed or retouched up the uh, interior controls and touch points and things like that. So. Yeah, they did some of the mechanical stuff. They don't have an in-house paint shop. Right. So, but it, to be fair, Kudos came recommended by DK. Okay. So that was kind of like their seal of approval. They also, Kudos are doing a lot of repaying for, uh, repainting for Furlonger. Mm. I go down to Furlongers a lot. Um, they got some interesting projects and they're doing an F40 at the moment, 275 GTB, Kuntash, proper, proper stuff. But it's just still nerve-wracking to walk in and see your car stripped to bare metal. Yeah. I was like, do you know how to put this back together? <laughs> of course they know. Of course they so know. So your average uh, per year cost for that car has gone up now for maintenance? Quite significantly. Yeah. Right. Um, but I don't know if you call that maintenance. because it's is maintenance? Well, no, but it's a chosen restoration. Needed doing. It didn't need doing. Yes, it did. No, no, no. So the the what it highlighted, I chose to do bare metal. Mm. So... You could have touched up. So firstly, the only bit that actually needed any kind of attention was there was a bit of corrosion on the front left wheel arch. So that could have been, you could have localised that, but it still would have kind of shown its head up in a few years. So that that was good that we did the bare metal for that particular thing. The, the whole front of the car needed doing. Well, no, but it was peppered, it's stone chip peppered, but that was, 
out of my choice to re-spray it. It definitely didn't need it. When I took it down to Ferrari for Finale Mondiale last year, all of the Ferrari people were like, no, leave it. It's got some originality. I was like, it's definitely not original. Like, it's, at one it's point- painted be- before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we found that out. So the only bit that the roof was original paint. Yeah. But the front end, the rear end, the sides, it had had at least two coats, if not three or four in some it's places. It's very common, mate. I mean, it's very rare nowadays to have a used car, and especially the older they get, that's never had any paint work. We, you know, we get people ask us sometimes, and they say- um, you know, on a year or two year old car, and they'll say, um, "Has there ever had any paint?" Well, probably. Yeah. I, I mean, I would assume. You so. know, yeah. scuffs. You got bumper scuffs and dents in doors that you know, if a dent man can't get it out, you got to paint it. You know, it's, it doesn't make any difference whatsoever whether it. You know, we can tell if they've been painted, obviously, unless they've been done very, very, very well. But it doesn't make no odds you know but this was the whole point so over its lifetime 20 years that car definitely has had paint here and there mm. and it was just looking a t- tired in a few areas i'd spotted the, the corrosion that i wanted to get sorted there were some weld lines so on the 360 by where the engine bay is so the roof has a really severe weld line and over time paint will seep seep into those weld lines and you could actually see it under sort of real harsh light. You could see this this discoloration in the paint. So mm. that was starting to bug me. And then around the back on the diffuser, there was kind of like some bleed where it just looked a bit messy. So all of these things... That, so it needed doing. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so, 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 so okay, front end, side, rear, back. The, the but, but did it affect the running of the car? No. Did, uh-huh. if, unless I pointed these things out to you, would you have walked up and gone, oh, this car needs a repaint? No. I knew it was first, first time I clapped tyres on it. It needed painting. Don't even start. F- absolutely don't first time I Don't even walked. start. What? It's true. Okay, it is true. But... <laughs> <laughs> It, anyway, long story short, but it's very nice now. It's very nice now. Well done, um, mate. And so after the paint job was done, it's been. It's now. Was it NVN now getting PPF done? This is the last car I got done with the PPF was the Abarth Record Edition that you had. I haven't really been a fan of PPF. It does peel away, and you like it. Like, do you tend to get your cars? I, 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 I do get them PPF'd um, because it does protect the paint. And normally, the cars that I have have got some sort of special paint on them. But I, I, what I can never ever get round my head is that people that send Range Rovers, RS3s, A45s, your normal everyday cars, they spend anywhere between five and seven or eight grand PPF in them. Well, you paint the whole car for, for and it doesn't make any difference at all. And Ferrari, by the way, you're saying your cars had a, had a lot of paint. Down the years, especially in its earlier days when it was a newer car and it's been through the Ferrari network a couple of times if they've if he's got stone chips on the front of it Ferrari just paint the front yeah as, a, as an approved used car and Paul should do it as well so you know it's a bit of insight for you ladies and gentlemen you bet your bottom dollar that your car's had some paint in it even if you think it hasn't it's had some paintwork at some point. No, but you hit the nail on the head where PPF sometimes can be an, an adverse investment in the sense where you're going to spend so much money applying PPF, you might as well just respray the car. And if you think, oh no, but I want to keep the paint original, blah, blah, blah. It's a bit of a hit and miss when you're talking about the cars that you're talking about. Okay, fine. P1s, Koenigseggs, Laferraris, things Correct. like that. Totally makes sense. Special paint cars. And for me, this is a brand new paint job that has yeah. just been done. This year, I at least plan on doing 10,000 miles in that car. So Do you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I should have. I, we talk, I talked about this with Paul yesterday. Where think, are you going, I think by August, it should have done an additional 10,000 miles. I don't want to say where I'm going yet because it's, it's all to be revealed. But big trips, mate. Blimey. Big trips. I mean, well done. Yeah, yeah, big trips. Um, so because of that, it just made sense to protect that new paint. But the things that I don't like about PPF is, as you say, it can peel away sometimes. It highlights imperfections, if there are any, like little tiny bits of dust underneath the PPF. It kind of bubbles up. Sometimes you get the dirt trapped in the lines and things like that. There's lots of... And you I have can to- tell you another one as well that's a real fundamental one. It doesn't protect your car as much as you actually think because I've had PPF on cars before. You peel the PPF, you've still got to paint it. Oh, so that's interesting. So I've seen plenty of examples where the opposite of that, where people have had scuffs in car parks, cars knocking cars, uh, you know, uh, parallel parking, whatever mm. it might be, and the PPF peeled away and has protected the paint. Mm. I think it does depend where you go. So, so I went with MBN. Obviously, I think most people know about MBN because of its, well, James, JWW, uh, Paul went there with his Mercy Largo. It's got plenty of exposure online here in the UK. It's still there, his Mercy Largo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the bottom of the sea, isn't it? But, um, yeah, so, so, and what I liked about them is they've, 
kind of all of my like, look, I don't like this, I don't like that, that's annoying. They've really been able to answer all of those questions. Yeah. We've learned this, we now do this differently. This They've got amazing insight into that material and that technology. And anyway, so long story short, as you can tell, I'm very excited because I'm talking about- What actually so as well, what they do do these, these um, you know, these proper PPF people, the paint correction they do is normally very good as well. So before they apply the PPF, if they're good, they paint correct the cars. Your car shouldn't need any paint correction. No, it's no, just no. Been painted. No, this is what I've learned. There's still some new, new car detailing yeah. is sometimes more than used car detailing. Yeah. And this is not just me. Mine's come from an independent paint shop. I'm talking about factory deliveries. Like a lot of NVN's work is factory delivered yeah. cars. Ferrari and, and McLaren are the worst. That's exactly what they said. Yeah. Appalling. Porsche are the best. Porsche are the best. Yeah. Um, Ferrari and McLaren appalling. Um, and some of the bespoke Rolls Royce stuff is incredible as well. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, the amount of times that- Bentley's very good as well. Uh, okay. So VW Group. Yeah. In general. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, and they highlighted to me, you know, whilst Kudos did a fantastic job at painting the car. That's their job. Like any detailer, the detailer's job is to then enhance that paint. Yeah. Um, and so there'll always be marks that the naked eye probably wouldn't see, but you might catch in a certain light, which then detailer can really, you know, basically polish out. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, anyway, long story short, very exciting. And that video will be coming to the main channel soon. Anyway, onto our car news. Uh, as of today, a whole lot of GT4 RS reviews came out. Mm, so this this was morning. A, clearly the embargo got lifted because suddenly we were like, oh my God, every GT4 RS review ever. Do you know, can I ask you something actually about these embargoes? Why do they lift them at like, oh, I've just worked it out because <laughs> of America. Global timings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean like Central Eastern, uh, sorry, Central European timings, American yeah, timings, yeah. depends where the market's so 11 p.m. our time or something. Yeah, it's midnight in yeah. Europe. Um, and then that would be in the US either... 7 p.m. or yeah, 4 yeah, p.m. Yeah. whatever it be. Yeah, so. yeah. Trying to make it as fair as possible, but obviously it doesn't make a huge difference. Um, yeah, we've spoken about embargoes a little bit on this podcast before, so we will try not to repeat ourselves. We've also been spoken about the GT4 RS a lot before on this podcast, but what did you watch? What did you see? And what are your have your thoughts changed at all after watching the initial reviews? I, wa I watched uh, Steve Sutcliffe's mm -hmm. one. Uh, was it, was it Auto... Autocar? Auto, Auto Express? Express. Auto Express. Auto Express, yeah. Um, because I like Steve Sutcliffe. I like his reviews. I like I like the way he drives. I like the way he presents. Uh, he, I think he's one of the best, to be honest. One of the old school ones. Um, he said whether he whether it was because it was in the moment. He said it's the best car he's ever driven. Yeah. I, I think more because he's he was in the moment and fair. If that's you know that's what he's thinking at that moment, he has to say because that's his job. Um, but. The, the the problem I always have with Porsches, and I'm one of their biggest fans, is that you don't always, you don't really need to watch the videos. You just know they're yeah. just going to be bang on. Like the journalists, to be fair to them, they've got such a hard job because they have to try and pick bones in a car that they know before they even get in it is going to be spot on. So how do you, I mean, what do you do there? And this is a Porsche that on paper is the perfect Porsche. Yeah. GT3 engine, mid-engine, an amazing chassis, right amount of weight, right amount of power, right? Like everything, like it's perfect. Customers have been paper. calling for this car forever, by the way, this car. Exactly that. Yeah. I think I said it as much in my main channel, but it was like, this is the Did car we Yeah, yeah. When, when I was lucky Did enough to film in Austria in GPI space, I don't know. <laughs> but when I was lucky enough, to, I said, this is the car that we've all been saying forever, please build Porsche. And yeah. now it's here. They weren't going to get it wrong. Um, so I watched the Henry Catchpole car. I mean, I love Henry Catchpole, but yeah. I watched this car affection video and they did something, I mean, just... To Carfection, I love what they're doing. They drove the car after the international launch from Portugal back to Germany. So 1,700 miles in a GT4 RS on the road, which I thought for me is a way more interesting review than the track driving stuff. Okay, fair enough. Um, because for me, that's my question. Is that is that car going to be too track focused? Is it going to be too honed in? Some of your concerns with the GT4 when we went on that road trip last year, you were like, it's not really a motorway cruiser, is it? We found out that actually, yes, it's very capable. More than good enough. But fundamentally, you'd think that car's at its best on the Titan Twisties. And so is the 4RS going to be an even more extremity of that? And I mean, it was a fairly glowing review, again, from Henry. Like, yeah. you know, so yeah, that car's going to be amazing. I think... I'm hearing whispers. They're not making many of those things. True story. True yeah. story. So supposedly, yeah. if your dealership is getting 10, 8 to 10 GT3 RS slots, you're probably getting 
three to five GT4 RS slots. And that will be the big dealers with the big allocation, by the way. Absolutely, that's what I mean. So, you know, as an equivalent, I mean, if if your dealer gets two GT3 RS slots, you might not be getting any GT4 RS slots. So, um, yeah, they're going to be a rare thing um, and maybe a cool thing. So hopefully, fingers crossed, at some point, I'll get a chance to do a similar trip to Carfection I've just done and, and experience it for myself on the road. But sort of prior to those reviews coming out, Porsche came out with a big statement saying, essentially, moving forward, the 718, so the Boxster and the Cayman, is going to be all electric. Yeah, I heard this, yeah. This essentially is the last. I mean, that's going to put 4RS values even more through the roof. Well, it will, but then, like, you've got to be a little bit careful because I don't care what these reviews say. It's not going to be as good as a GT3. I don't think the the, the 4RS will be as good as a GT3. Interesting. Because it, because it is still... it's. Big brother, the GT3. And the RS will be another level again, you know. Um, I don't think there's a, there'll be a lot in it. And the only... Cri- I'll tell you, I've got another criticism <laughs> of Porsche as well. Um, Going in on Porsche. No, 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 no. But, like, when when they were driving it and I was watching, and I watched um, Steve done some road stuff as well, and he put his foot down in, like, second gear, and it was like, wait, wait, wait. Wait, and then 7,000 revs, it goes bonkers. But on the road, that's annoying, mate. 100%. You know, like, and that, that is the problem with that, with that gearbox. That, it's the gearbox, it's, the, it's that engine. I mean, in, in my old um, RS, it, it would spin up a bit quicker, but it was like, come on, where's you got a turbocharged car? if it's set up properly. It's why I like the Ferrari turbocharged cars because there's barely no lag and they just sod off. You know what I mean? Whereas that engine is really, really very good, but only if you keep it up in the revs. And and when I used to track my car a lot, and it's fundamentally the same engine, the 3 and the 3 RS of previous generation, the only way I could really keep it going was always in the revs. I'd always mm. have to be like six up, because otherwise, if you go back down to three or four, it was, oh no. You lose a bit of the punch. It's you, a bit gutless. You've got, you got to keep the momentum. And that's the reason why they're always so fast around the Nürburgring because they've got no power in consider to, to big modern supercars. They've got no power. For sure, yeah. If you're in a three RS versus a Hurricane. <clears throat> Correct. But but what they what they do do, and, and the Nürburgring allows them to do that, it's a very flowy momentum track, the Nürburgring. It's why we've always said before, I never really read too much into times at Nürburgring because it suits a lot of cars better than others. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, it can be a bit lazy low down. And, and this morning when I watched um, Steve's review on it, I, 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 I could have been sitting in the car because I've had so many. And, and the GT4 suffers with it as well, just the normal one. Well, you're just waiting yeah. for so... And it, when you come out of a corner and you go, punch, wait, wait, wait. Come on, come, come on, on. Come on, yeah. come on. And, and weirdly, when I drove the PDK GT4, I thought it made made that power more accessible. I mean, it's a tiny bit of a shorter gear, gear ratio, mm. but, but still way too long. But it just somehow made it all a little bit more, except rather than having to change up and down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I, that's why I thought the PDK suited the GT4 more because of that, but... Yeah, you're, you're totally right. I, I mean, I watched, I only watched Car Faction, so only one had time to watch, but it didn't make me want the car. Mm. It's still not a car for me that I, I think it's cool, but I, I'm like, especially that kind of money, if I had the option, if I had the opportunity, I'd be, I'd be leaning towards GT3 Well, I think, mate, that will be north of 200 grand on the market. Easy, car. easy. Which, which is, because they're 108 plus options, they're going to be 140 spec them cars. Yep. Once you've done all the special Visac bits, the Visacs they're going to be one four. But you, you'll put thirty odd grand of options for sure, and they're going to be uh, the early cut will be a hundred over. For Rare sure. as gold dust. So yeah, I mean, yeah. which is which is what a PDK high spec GT three is trading for now. And I think if I had if I had them both beside same money, I'd have a GT three. Yeah, for I, that, sure. That that's my route to go as well, but. 
fundamentally, we were trying to talk about the fact that in the future, 718s are going electric. So Correct. Just to touch on that quickly, because <laughs> that will uh, so help us. Block. Well, yeah, but you know, <laughs> fingers crossed that will uh, address these talk or power issues, because theoretically, instant talk and power. Um, I, I'm kind of all for this. I'm, I, I love the Taycan so much, and I think it's such an incredible EV that an electric box door came and I'm all up for it. I think Porsche will nail it I think they'll do a great job um, hopefully three to five years down the line when those are hitting the road we're going to have a better infrastructure they're going to be more usable and if it's 250 to 300 miles of a fun to drive electric little sports car I, I think I think that could be great yeah the new McCann's going to be electric as well so yeah. it'll be the same tech the only problem I have with a sports car is that um, when you're pushing on Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's really not going to do that range unless they sort it out, you know, because as you push on an electric car, as a petrol car's the same, you know, they quote it does 20-odd miles per gallon. When you drive a mile, they're 13 or 14, and an electric car is the same. Yeah, you're going to deplete it, and actually, you know, heat can start to become an issue, I'm sure, if you're running, yeah. you know, with... Weight. Weight, of course, yeah. brakes, all those kind of things, yeah. regen, all that stuff like that, it's going to start to come part of it. But if anyone's going to be able to do it, it will be Porsche. Sure. It will be Porsche. Yeah. So I'm quite intrigued and excited by that. I actually, maybe people saw it and went, oh my God, no, I've got to go out and buy a 718 Cayman now before it's too late. But but I actually think that could be that could be something great. Well, we can't talk about this yet because it's a bit early, but actually, what a, in the future, what is all the values going to be on, on combustion cars if <laughs> everything goes electric? It's, very, it's too early it's to say it. And even I can't, I can't say. say, and it's my job, I do it every day, because we really don't know. But it is a conversation to have. One million percent, because if you tie it into pre-war cars, right? Cars that have accelerators on the steering wheel and brakes is a big thing next to you. And like, you know, like gears are done by your foot and, you know, like just back to front cars. Yeah. They are still collectible and usable because they run as a combustion engine vehicle. Mm. Like, you know, you can put gasoline in them and yeah. off you go. So whilst most people don't, they collect them as pieces of art or historic, mem you know, relics and things like that. That's the sort of value. So in 2035, theoretically five years after most of these countries have banned the sale of new combustion engine cars, yeah, are people going to be buying cars that they can't theoretically drive on the road or be incredibly hard to drive? You know, if we're at a point where, where fuel is five pounds a litre or ten pounds a litre and increasingly hard to come by because most stations have been turned into electric charging hubs so your actual petrol stations are harder and harder to come by road taxes ten grand a year for a combustion engine car you know if it's really that difficult does that mean that no one wants a combustion engine car or does that mean that people are going to start buying them as art as as relics as memories of the past well I think we're getting really ahead of ourselves when we say <laughs> 20 when we say like 2035 because the amount of combustion engine cars that are still going to be on the road by then. I mean, petrol will still be competitively priced for years and years to come, mate. It's not It's not just going to... We're not... You know, this is for the next generation and the next generation. In our generation, 
and you're a bit younger than me, but even in your generation, we're still going to see petrol cars. I think this is for like 2070 going forward. You know, this is a really... You've got this 60 million... Of course, and we've, it, it's we've said gonna... so many times before, it's, you, you have to look at other parts of the world. Of because, course. Because in the UK, in the next 20 years, in the next 10 years, they could put out a decree that makes driving a combustion engine car in this country impossible. They could. They could easily ban them or make them so expensive and incentivize electric vehicles, hydrogen vehicles, whatever, alternate fuels. Because E10, E10 already makes it harder for some older vehicles to be on the road. As we push towards even more synthetic or, or, or whatever fuels, there will be it will be harder and harder to run a combustion, mm. especially an older combustion engine car on the road. And there'll be less and less new combustion engine cars available because everyone's pushing towards hybrid or electric. Yeah. So I'm with you because in parts of, I mean, even parts of this country, but parts of America, parts of China, parts of Africa, parts of Russia, all, all, over, all the over the world. Yeah, yeah. There are places where electric vehicle infrastructure is just not possible. It's never yeah. going to work for the next, you know, 50 and years. And I'll tell but. you another thing as well. Electric cars are being incentivised at the moment because the government want you to buy them. When for we sure. get to 2030 and 2035, they'll be more expensive, mate, because they will get their money back. So, And there might be another option, as we keep saying. I think, well, yeah. we know that we yeah. think there will be another option. Well, actually, speaking about electric vehicles that are here right now, I had the really... I think quite exciting or interesting opportunity. I went and drove a prototype of the new Nissan Aria. So this is their fully electric crossover. Oh. So, you know, think about Nissan. I did that thing with the Leaf last year where I drove the Leaf up to... Based on the Amari Leaf, is back. it just a... No, it's right. all new, starting from scratch. What's it so, look like? Uh, it's quite... I think it looks kind of cool. It's sort of futuristic looking. It's boxy. Like, it's, you know, it's a, it's a crossover. So it's not a sports car. But I quite like the way it looks. And, and it's really tapping into, like... Japanese heritage and stuff. I was like, right. this, these are all videos. A bit like a Kashkai. Sort of. It's like, like a juke. It's like, like a juke. Yeah, like a little juke Kashkai, yeah. but it's sort of big and spacious. And, and they've, anyway, I saw it first time last year and then this was a chance to go back. So I was working with Nissan on this full disclosure. It's some content that we were posting over on Instagram that you may have seen uh, by now, but, but, talking about it here is just because I want to talk about it because I'm kind of intrigued by it. You know, Nissan have dominated the EV space with the Leaf in terms of like mass market EV. Kashkai mass market crossover for however many years, at least in this country. Well, for a good time, that car was the fifth best-selling car in the UK, full stop, mate. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, so that's what we yeah. want about. And then the GTR, theoretically, you know, had, had been a sports car icon for however long. So, and in their big presentation to us, it was like, we're combining all three, you know, elements from all three of these cars to make this. And when you get in it, it's kind of cool and it's nice. And the reason I was pleased by it is it was, it felt like a mass market, EV. So yeah. I loved BMW iX. I know it's an ugly thing from the outside, but I loved it inside. I thought it was very clever from BMW, really exciting. And Aria has that same kind of feel, but slightly more affordable. It comes loaded with tech. The in interior is super, super nice. Um, very usable, very practical. And the range thing was very interesting. So this is still a prototype. So I think there's 300 odd mile range, something like that, but it was about charging. So they use a, a slower charger than a Tesla because they worked out that what Tesla does when it charges is it peaks, it, it gets so hot on the initial rapid charge yeah. that then it has to deplete its charge rate because to, to, to cool down everything. So over a two hour, three hour period, it's a spike of the curve and then a, an yeah, immediate drop. Yeah, yeah. So they realized that if they charged at a slower rate, actually they'd have a more continuous charge level and they'd be able to charge basically quicker by the end of the sort of cycle. Yeah. So just really interesting thoughts and and, and 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 ways of going about building this car. And I think it will be popular. I think but it'll be super popular. that theory is true in a lot of things. If you try and fill a bottle up with with a, a tap that's yeah. fully on, yeah, 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 it's yeah, not yeah. going to happen, is yeah, it? Yeah. But if you trickle it, it's going to actually fill it. Yeah. yeah, and, and like a, a, a pint of beer as well. You know, if you pull a pint of beer, if you, if you don't tilt the glass, it's all going to froth and you're not going to get any beer at all. But... Slow and steady. Slow and steady. Slow and steady. So, yeah, yeah I'm intrigued and excited by this. As I say, you know, full disclosure, I was working with Nissan on this event um, for for that Instagram content, but but talking about it here is just uh, purely organic. I just, I, I, I like the idea of that thing. Would I buy one? Maybe not, um, in the same way that I wouldn't buy a Qashqai. Mm. But if I was in that market, I think it's a very attractive proposition. Yeah, in Huge. comparison to an iX, a Taycan, uh, you know, these big uh, Mercedes EQC, EQS, these very expensive high-end um, ones. I think I think the Aria, yeah, is, is an exciting thing. The drive took place at Millbrook. 
did it. And the circuit that we were using was the same circuit the Mercedes AMG Project One was using. Oh. So I saw it doing laps. We weren't allowed to film everything. Like it was all super top Flat secret. Or? It did one quick run. Did sound good. Did it, it did sound good. Um, it's very small. Yeah. It's really tiny. Well, it's based on an F1 car, mate. Yeah, but, it, it, <laughs> it, but F1 cars aren't that small anymore, I have to say. It's very small, um, very low, very wide. It looked cool. It mm. looked cool, I have to say. The mm. sort of shark fin thing looked a bit weird. I mean, I don't know what they're doing. They've been testing there for about four or five years, the amount of test pictures, the sort of spy pictures we've seen of AMG Project One at Millbrook. Saw one on the road in Monaco, didn't you? Yeah, well, the, the, there was footage of one footage yeah. one of doing, doing laps in Monaco. So anyway, very cool to see, but I mean, God knows what they're doing with it. Um, and apart from that, I didn't really spy much else. There was the, um, the 250 short wheelbase, is it RML or something like that? I've done that kind of like uh, Resto Modi type throwback to the thing. That sounded oh, okay. good as well. I didn't really spy much else. I was there ready to kind of capture anything about, you know, see, see what was going on, but I only saw, yeah, Project One and then that, that 250 thing. Anyway, uh, other big news in terms of new cars, the Maserati, no, I don't know how to say this, Grecale? No idea. I feel like it's the Grecale. What is it, mate? This is the Maserati McCann rival. You oh. don't know about this? This launched no. yesterday. Oh. So the top version... It's like a full Puma. The top version has got a detuned engine from the MC20, that V6. 523 horsepower V6. Hybrid or an electric car come in? No, there's an electric version. There's an electric version. But this is a, a full-blooded McCann rival. Yeah. I'm, assu I'm, sorry, I'm assuming it's called the Grecale or something like that, but but I'm going to say the Grecale for now. Based on British. the Stelvio, probably. No, yeah, or what's that new one that came out, the Tonali, or is that yeah. too small? No, I think that's too small. That's too small, you're yeah. right, it's Polybelt and the Stelvio. Um, I think it's weirdly good looking. It looks kind of slammed. Like, it looks like it's almost riding too low. But I, I, I really like it. Really, Stellantis announced the brand along with Alfa Romeo, blah, blah, blah. Hans Greg Charlie has been engineered to accommodate pure combustion, hybrid, and fully electric drivetrains. Lovely. It sits below the Levante in the Maserati lineup. And will be joined in the dealerships by a long-awaited second-generation Gran Turismo. Um, well, we needed another SUV, so well done. Yeah, it's got the, the detuned version of the Natuno V6. Very cool. I'm just trying to see if it is based on another platform. So is that basically loosely based on the Quadrifoglio engine? No, 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 no. The, the, that's the whole new V6 thing that went in the MC20, the, the one they gave a name, like Neptune, Neptune or something like that. So it's a three-litre? Three-litre twin-turbo V6. Right. Um, with all that F1 tech that does the, like, it prepares... The, I like them MC20s. You don't like them, do you? I quite like them cars. Can I reveal a secret? You do like them. I drove one yesterday. Oh! That video's coming soon. I don't want to talk about it. I'm not going to talk anymore about it. We'll talk about it off camera in a second. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, I'll take. No coincidence given it fundamentally shares the same acclaimed Grigio underpinnings. Yeah, so you're right, Stelvio. It's, it, it, the Grigiale yeah. is from Stelvio. Anyway, so I, I like it. You're right. We kind of need, we need another SUV. <laughs> I, I genuinely really like the looks of that. I, yeah. I am intrigued by that. And heaven forbid the RS6 ever needs replacing. I'm already like, oh, this is, that this, yeah, that'll do. Um, I wonder very, very nice. uh, what the interior looks like because that'd uh, be a problem. Try and find a picture. It's just got that generic new, um, new Maserati. New, stuff. Yeah, Maserati stuff. There you go. Fairly. Yeah, it's just like okay. Isn't okay. It? Yeah. Probably a bit plasticky. Yeah. I like it though. Okay. Um, another new car. God, the car news just keeps on coming. V12 Vantage got unveiled last week. Well, I saw that. Thoughts? Joke. <laughs> Why is it a joke? Oh, because it's going to be nearly 200 grand. Nearly 300 grand, I think you mean to say. Okay, flipping hell. Oh, I want one now then. So, <laughs> so I'm going to bring up my friend's conversation here who got, got taken into... So it's double the money of a V8 one. Oh my God, it's more than an, a bloody 812 Superfast. That is Hold a second. joke. I'm going to bring up his exact price. I think he spec'd it to 3.30. Hold He's on. not buying it. No, no, no. He walked out laughing. And I actually know two or three people that did the same thing. Hold that, on, hold what on. is going on, mate? Come on, where is it? I want to find his exact number. But it, it's over 300. Are we going to talk about the 707 DBX as well? I mean, what's the point? <laughs> it's like, made, made it worse, kind of worse. Spec the new V12 Vantage today to 305k. I mean, jog on, Aston. Because the thing is, it's not different enough. Like, so they've, they've dropped in, it's the DB11 slash DBS engine, right? And then a bit of aero, 
I don't like the wing, I have to say. Wider track, different suspension, blah, blah, blah. But the interior is very similar apart from some funky carbon seats. And then as you say, you're basically double, if not tripling the price of a standard Vantage. There's only, what, 300 of them being made? Isn't like that? Very small number of them being made. And this is the last time a V12's going into a Vantage. But, Aston, surely you've learned by now, stop overpricing your cars. If that was 175, 180 grand... You still wouldn't buy it. No, I'd be, I'd be tempted at that point. Are you joking? No, if, really? it had a 50, if it had a 50 grand premium over a V8 Vantage or a 75 grand premium, I'd consider it. If I had that money. No, mate. I... I... I don't why, why are you saying no at that point? Well, because I just wouldn't buy one. I mean, yeah, but come just on. as simple as that. A V12 Vantage is a good combination. A big engine in a small car, that is a theoretically a good combination. Not for 300 grand. Uh, exactly. So I just said, if it was cheaper, if it was no. around 170. No. Because it's loads yeah. more better cars. Yes, you're, when you compare it to its rivals, disaster, because it's got that old Mercedes tech and blah, blah, blah. But Aston, I don't think you can ever compare Aston's to its rivals, a bit like with the F-Type. It's a thing in its own right. The minute you start thinking, oh, what else can I buy for this money? You're going to go, well, I'm going to go buy something else because there's going to be things which are miles better. But you buy the Aston for its character, its brand value, what it represents, the fact that you're going to turn up at most places and people are going to have a bit more respect for you rather than if you turn up in a GT3 with a big wing or a Lamborghini where everyone's going to think you're a tosser. So like Aston is an Aston. You're so right. You cannot compare it against anything else. You just have to buy it because you want it because you need it. And a V12 Vantage is always going to be better than a V8 Vantage, but not when it's triple the price. Yeah. I mean, it's more than a DBS. Yeah. No, no, it's stupid. I mean, it's it's just stupid. But it will be cool. It will be cool. And it will sound great. And when you see them, you'll go, oh, that's nice. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean they always look nice and they exactly. always sound nice. I mean, they, every Aston does that. Every Aston does that. Yeah, you're right, but it's a V12. It's oh. an iconic engine. We might not see them ever again. So. Uh, an, an 812 Superfast sounds and looks nice. Yeah, that's the problem that car's got. I mean, yeah. you, uh, a, D, if, a DBX, a DBS uh, sounds and looks nice. I disagree. I don't like the DBS. Oh, I'd I have like a V12 it. Vantage over a DBS. Oh, I like the DBS. I think it looks pretty. Mm. Anyway, I think it's cool, but I just think it's ridiculously overpriced and, and silly because of it. Um, you mentioned the DBX 707. I, I actually don't know anything about it. Well, it's exactly the same as the old car, just got more horsepower. Thank you very much. That's it, basically. <laughs> and it's more and it's more money. I'm sorry, but just that DBX is just for me, they just got it so wrong. Well, there's nothing that I mean it don't work. Nothing it always, works in but it. But that's the whole thing. It's oh, I don't I don't want to go on a rant about it, but I, I easily could because it's it frustrates me because I love that brand. You know, it's two hundred grand and a bit more with some options. I'm sure. It's a it should be So it's Euros money. Oh, <laughs> nightmare absolute nightmare now you begin to understand why I don't like Aston Martin no but you don't like them for very different reasons to why I don't like them I'm frustrated by them and I'm annoyed by their pricing and all these different things you don't like them because of stupid reasons no 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 I, you're stubborn valid valid reasons that I've seen over the years and cars that I've personally owned as well Experience, how many Astons have you owned thank you how many have you owned personally yeah two which ones uh, I had a, a V8 Vantage in 2000 and f- it was 13 or 14, a brand new car okay. with the stupid gearbox. And I told this story before, the left-hand side of the car was completely different to the right-hand <laughs> side of the car in terms of build quality. Hand-built, sir. Yeah, well, it was hand-built, all right. <laughs> and one exhaust faced down and one was out. <laughs> That's how badly built it. And nothing, it just didn't work, mate. And I had an old, um, I had an old Vantage, an old manual one, like back in the day when I didn't really have any money. (laughs) And that was a disaster. And I think I had to put a clutch in that car and it was like four grand. Fair enough. I mean, they're horrible. Disasters. Yeah, disasters. I get that. But, you know, you've got to have the opportunity to forgive and move on. You have to forget, but you have to have the opportunity to forgive and see if maybe they've changed See if you can well, I've had, them no, again. I, I've had a DBX in stock. Oh, yeah, sold you, it. You've still got a Vantage in stock. So I've got a new shaped Vantage in stock. I don't understand still that. Don't I, like we, them. Paul and I mob you up about it, but <laughs> that is such a good car for that money. Like, I'm not I'm not here sitting promoing Tony's stock, but for a second, how much has he got that car up at? 89,990. I mean, that's a joke. Yeah. What a car. Because yeah, that money, but not at 150. No, no, no. But that's what, I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, 
Vantages dropped from 150 where they were overpriced to what they should be, 95 grand. That yeah. car should have always been 95 grand plus a few options. So by the time you'd done six months of depreciation, you'd lost 10 or 15 grand. It should have been 911 money. That's exactly. It should have been. It, and then it would have uh, made sense. But instead, they went stupid and went, no, we're not going to grand. And they all just dropped immediately to where they should be. And then they've just they've stayed there. Yeah, the last four years, now. they've all been at 90 grand. Mm. That's what, and, and, and at that point, it's a great car. And You've got to just look at it completely against, yes, a 911, so a 992 Carrera, Carrera S, or an AMG GTS, not an R, right? AMG GTS. It's got so much more, I think, presence, suaveness, style, uh, and just something about it which is just cooler than those two. The only, the only thing I would say about it is that um, the one that we had, um, if you like attention... I really couldn't think of a car that I'd been in now or past that I've had so much attention in. People looking at you at yeah. traffic lights and or, so the va- the vantage, the little vantage. Yeah, people. Uh, if you like that sort of thing, um, you know, people are going into coffee shops and people saying waiting for me to come out of the coffee shop and saying what a nice car it is and stuff like that. No, you know, whereas other other big cars, 911s, no one ever really says anything, which is predominantly why I like a 911 because they just sort of blend in. But yeah, I get that bit. And I remember saying to Paul that I, I've never had so much attention in a in a car before as I did when I was driving that Vantage. But I wouldn't buy, I mean, I have bought one, but you know what I mean? Like yeah, I wouldn't you buy one, one personally, stuff, yeah. Fair enough. I think it just represents great value now that they're at that kind of money. Yeah. And then our final bit of news is, did you, you, you might have missed this actually, Porsche. Again. Did, yeah. Well, if, we're not talking about Ferrari, if we're not talking about Ferrari, we're talking about Porsche on this podcast, or politics. Um, but um, <laughs> revealed this kind of unique, I think they called it the one-off program or the commission program. I need to look at it in a second. They called it the 996 Club Classic Coupe. So this was basically a sport classic. So think of the 997 generation sport classic. Yeah. In the 996, and they basically put a GT3 engine into a standard 996 chassis or like a, a sort of, like a 996 GTS with a GT3 engine, like a GT3 Touring for the 996 generation. Crash? What do you mean crash? Was there a crash? What do you mean? Was there a crash? What? What they've? The, the, did they sort the brakes out and the suspension? Of and, course, right. it, this is a Porsche have built this themselves. Right. So this is like a new thing that they're doing, which is kind of not a classic A program. Not a thing. I, I want to find the exact name for it, but it's a one-off sort of commission. Like a Porsche thing. classic Sonderwunsch. Right. Sonderwunsch project. It's not a singer thing. This is Porsche themselves. Yeah. Have built this car. Took two years to build. It's well, a, it, it did. No, no, it's no, no, made for America's biggest Porsche club. Built on a 996 generation 911 Carrera, the 911 Classic Club Coupe was sent back to Stuttgart for a bare metal restoration. So during the two-year restoration, a number of unique features were added, most noticeably the double-dome roof, um, and it's fitted with a ducktail spoiler. Yeah, it looks like the... Uh, it, it literally looks like the 997 Classic. It's the 997 Sport Classic, but yeah. it's a 996 generation with the GT3 engine. I think it's super cool. And I think it's super cool that Porsche have done this. Um, because, one car? Yeah, one car. Oh. This is a unique, specific thing for the the, the Porsche Club America. I, I just think, I think, like, great to celebrate their heritage in this way, to build something sort of, you know, an unloved Porsche, to put some love into it and to create something, because we don't often see manufacturers going back no we've seen Lamborghini do the Countach thing we've seen Ferrari with Monza and Daytona but it's very rare that they'll go back to an old car and do it now this is a restoration program I guess but they've just put us an official stamp on it and yeah I'm a big fan of it well there's quite a lot of manufacturers gone back in the past mate look at Volkswagen with the Beetle and Fiat with the Fiat 500 no but that's a new version that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's quite yeah, rare that yeah. Porsche will do that. It is a sort of classic A program. That, yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're taking in an old vehicle and bringing new life into it and creating a car that didn't really exist. Yeah. So, you know, like, like Ferrari suddenly saying, ladies and gentlemen, we've made the Challenge to Dali Spider. We made a one-off Challenge to Dali Spider because we didn't do it back in the day. So they thought we'd do it now. You'd be like, what? It just wouldn't happen, would it? But, no. So I quite like that Porsche have done it. Yeah. I like everything Porsche do. Yeah. <laughs> Is it fairly obvious <laughs> that I've definitely decided it's time that I need another Porsche back in my oh. life? <laughs> <laughs> 
I just been plagued by them at the minute. It seems to be endless opportunities. I did that great road trip um, to Austria. There's another trip which I'll be posting about soon, which I couldn't talk about, but was all Porsche themed. And oh, I just seem to be surrounded by Porsche. And it's like the world's going. Sam, get another Porsche. Which is why the values are through the roof for Porsches at the minute in general. Because I want one. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, well, yeah, just because yeah. I think everyone wants one, and people that didn't want one want one as well. And uh, you know, like used Porsches at the moment are through the roof. Yeah. More, uh, they've gone up more than I think I said it last week or week before. They've gone up more than any other manufacturer. Yeah, it's absolutely madness. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Anyway, that brings us up to date with all oh. of the all of the car news, all the car updates. So maybe there were some things we missed. If you feel like we oh, we didn't talk about the Morgan, the new Super Three thing, their new three wheeler. That one looks great. Super unique design. I hope to go and check that out at some point. Judging by Tony's face, I'm quite glad I didn't bring that up. Sooner. I upset Tim last week when he posted. Oh, watch me. Because he posted about saying he's getting another one. You said, what DM'd, a crap. I DM'd him and said, shit hole. <laughs> <laughs> it was furious. I, I was it, only joking. I think it looks great. <laughs> um, anyway, there's a lot more news coming because I'm aware of quite a few launches coming up over the next few weeks. So we'll be have plenty more to talk about. And as I mentioned, Max Chilton, ex-Formula One driver, will be coming on very soon for a nice in-depth episode. So if you have questions for him, anything you want to know about his life, what he's up to now, what it was like racing in Formula One, definitely let us know. We've got another Grand Prix this weekend. <gasps> Jeddah. Oh God, it's going to be a crash. Oh, that's the that's the one that restarted four or five yeah, times yeah, last year, it's wasn't be it? A huge crash. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to give this video a thumbs up, subscribe now, and turn on notifications so you don't miss future episodes. Um, if you want to follow Tony, he's at Tony Gravelwood Car Sales on most social media platforms. I'm at Seen Through Glass on most social media platforms. Patrons, just a reminder. Stay put, because we're going to be announcing some of those initial dates to put in your diary for Behind the Glass Live. For the rest of you, stay tuned, because we'll be announcing all of our Behind the Glass Live plans in the weeks ahead. So yes, we'll be back with you next week for another episode. For now, bye-bye. See ya. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 